Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory. Proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. I'm John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at the Bauer Club. You know we're joined by Dan Lamagna at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's up, Dan? Excited to be here as always, guys. It was about a week ago at work. Our, our college students graduated, and, and our team, like my department, we met, and we're like, we got 100 days to get ready before the students come back to be ready for the next semester, which is the equivalent of like a season. Well, boys, tonight we have 100 days until the NFL season starts, Ooh. so we got a lot of work to do in 100 days. I like that segue, man, Dan. You're like the king of segues over there. Anyway. <laughs> No segue necessary to introduce the man himself, Mitch Sorensen at DinoMC on Twitter. What's up, Mitch? It is. It's gonna come faster than we think. Actually, John, I set <laughs> you an offer today. That's what. Yeah, that's what John says a lot. But um, it happens a lot, right? It happens really quickly. And so I said, right now, like I'm trying to move all my Trey Lance shares. Right? Don't really care what it's for. I set him for straight for Will Levis straight up just to see what happens. I don't think they'll be accepted, but I think it's in the ballpark of at least a counter, unless you send them to John Bauer and it's just an instant rejection. Uh, to be honest with you, I rejected it because I was going through the projections. Mm -hmm. uh, we're about halfway done in terms of the the entire team projections. Uh, going through and, and making updates but the the plan is to have that out on the patreon as little as five bucks a month we appreciate everybody's support there's also a free seven day trial so if you sign up you look at it for seven days you're like hey, this is worthless i don't like it i don't think you're gonna think that but boom get out anyway mitch so the the plan is to have that all completed by sunday which mm -hmm. was kind of news to you it was mm -hmm. it's okay yeah but we're ready to rock and roll uh Gr greg in the chat Always appreciate you, Kyle, Ron. What's up, guys? All right, so tonight, and Dan, you were a little, oh, man. Dan reached out at, what, 6 p.m. Eastern and said, guys, what is it? Flip or flop? What do we do? What, what does this mean? What What's going on? Well, Mitch said he was watching a lot of HGTV this weekend. There's a lot of HGTV going on in my house. <laughs> so, you know, flip or flop, love it or list it, uh, you know, all those great shows on HGTV. and. I just, I, I messaged Mitch. I said, I don't, I don't have a, an episode title. He said, do something HGTV related. I said, all right, done. Anyway. So Dan, don't worry about that. It's just the title. Don't worry. It might as well. Like you said, Mitch been bored as hell. Yep. Yep. <laughs> something to talk about in June. So we do have several guys we want to talk about. And as we always say, and we are beyond appreciative for the folks in our discord, um, you know, they, they, provide a lot of the the stuff that we talk about here on a weekly basis we reach out hey guys uh what are some topics what are some conversations what are some ideas maybe that you have and this week it was just uh, several players that people wanted discussed and a lot of them the really interesting ones because they're some of them are polarizing some of them they are very uh you know there's some new situations so, you know, whether it's a, a new team or whether it's how the NFL draft or free agency played out, some of them were super efficient guys with a little workload. How are we going to project that moving forward? Some of them were heavy workloads, extremely inefficient, though. How are we going to project them moving forward? 
uh, Kevin, the chat, Dan looks more like a diners, drive-ins and dives type of guy. Is that true? Dan, is that true? I've watched that show a time or two. All right. So we went through, I believe we have seven guys here. I think we can keep it to an hour, right? Mitch, why, why do you look skeptical? I was just looking at the second player. As you said, we're doing the projections and I did these projections today on this team and some things are different. Some things are different. That's all I'm going to say. They are different. You know, I, I thought there was some tinkering to be had uh, for, for the most part. Anyway. So Mitch does the initial run through. Uh, I do the quarterback, the team and quarterback, the, the team levels and the quarterbacks. And then Mitch goes through running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and we work out everything from there. But uh, yeah, I had some changes. Anyway, Chigozium Aconquo. Chiggy. Mitch. He was hyper efficient here mm -hmm. in 2022. He is coming in, according to Fantasy Calc, at tight end 13 for dynasty purposes. What are your thoughts on him? And let's look at it through the lens of tight end premium leagues. A lot of the leagues we take part in are two PPR mm -hmm. and or start two. So what are your thoughts here on Chiggy? For me, I really like him. Um, the reason why I was bringing up the projections is because sometimes, you know, I think of a player like Chiggy and I'm like, I oh, you know he's tight end 10 through 15 and whatever. But when you actually go and look at the Titans, the Titans don't have anybody to even throw to. I have Traylon Burks, who I think we're all still pretty high on, but completely unproven. Um, Westbrook, Ikeen, Ikeen, I can never see his last name. Um, Kyle Phillips, who, who knows if he's good. Chris Moore's an afterthought. Derek Henry doesn't catch a lot of balls. And so, just looking at that, this is a kind of tight end. They all get lumped in this tier. This is one that I want to be higher on than everybody else, mainly because he is a guy that could end up being tight end eight at the end of the year. And if you could just get yourself out of that 10 to 15, you know, jumble that's always there every year in tight end, if you're the guy that could be, oh, he's just right below Hawkinson and Goddard, then you're money ahead on everything else. So for me, I really, really like him. Now, let me ask, mm -hmm. the the stature is a concern. Six foot two, when you look at that and take that mm -hmm. into account with his relative athletic score, his RAS is subpar, six, four, seven. Anything above seven, bare minimum, is what we're looking for. You know, he has the four, five, two, forty, And I think folks look at him and think, okay, he's a super athletic tight end. And he, he's athletic, but the six foot two factor is certainly coming into play. Is there any concern there with the size? No, because we've seen it on the field already. If we haven't seen it on the field, sure. I'll worry about that when the players are coming into the NFL. Once that player steps foot on the NFL and we see what he did last season, then I'm all about it. I could care less what his scores are at this point. He can run a four nine. doesn't matter if he's faster than everybody else when he's actually on the football field. Dan. I don't want to discount that concern. I agree with what Mitch said, and, and I'm with Mitch on buy Chiggy. I'm, I'm I'm definitely Chiggy with it here. But, you know, I I think, JB, it's good that you are making us question and not – because I think it seems like everybody's Chiggy with it. Like, everybody seems to like him in the dynasty community from what I'm kind of feeling, gathering. I, I'm not seeing anything negative. I'm thinking, seeing everything all positive. But I try to go back to last year's tight end rankings and thinking, hey, what, what, what did I like or what did I think of these rookies before last year? And – Chiggy was much later than the next guy we're going to talk to talk about, about, you know, a few other prospects uh, th that are kind of, I think in this range, 
But I think the number one thing that Mitch said is his situation. His situation is very attractive right now. I really liked a, a recent interview they, they had with him where he's like, I know my role and the expectations of me on this team this year. So he seems to be taking on a prominent receiver role. Um, you know, Mitch is right. Kyle Phillips, you know, I liked him a little bit last year too, but I don't know if he's good or not or if, he, if he's too late in the you-know-what to be able to play at this level. We'll find out. Um, you know, Westbrook Akini, I, I don't know. You know, he's – got a role but outside of burks this guy looks like the number two tight end and i think after the elite tight ends and this year's top prospects chiggy's in that range of the guys that hey i want them if if, if i can't get those guys and i'm going with like hey i'm, I'm building my roster around three tight ends he's at the cutoff mm -hmm. chiggy like I, i've got to get one of those guys in his tier so yes buying but jb i think we do need to be cautious as you're describing there like we should i don't think we just turn our heads to say hey chiggy's awesome and is going to be great this year and he's the guy i think it's pointing up but we should be careful he's one of those guys that you look at it and from an efficiency standpoint in 2022 he popped off the charts looking at tight ends with at least 40 targets 2.61 yards per route run it would number one in the NFL, and that's on 172 routes, so better than Kelsey, Andrews, Goddard, Kittle, everybody, all right? 45 targets, 32 receptions, 449 yards, three touchdowns. But is there a concern with that offense in general? Mitch, we've talked about this with Will Levis. <laughs> well, if Will Levis gets an opportunity with the way that offense wants to establish the run and they want everything to go through Derrick Henry, whether it is Will Levis or Ryan Tannehill, are we going to see enough opportunity for Chiggy from an overall team level standpoint? Not just, hey, they have Traylon Burks, Dan LaMagna, and Racy McMath at wide receiver, all right? But is there going to be enough to go around? Um, and is there going to be that touchdown upside? I mean, he had the three touchdowns on limited routes here in uh, 2022, but I think it's a little dangerous and we all do it to an extent but to extrapolate based on what we saw off of a limited sample size and again we all do it we all oh, do without it. a doubt that's my biggest thing when people talk about like running back efficiencies it's always a running back who gets the ball 20 percent of carries and oh look at how efficient he is then he gets 30 percent and he's not good anymore you know it happens all the time the one thing that i always go back to with the titans is i think coaching is the one thing we can't really account for when it comes to this stuff and the Titans bite Vabral is a good coach. They always produce. I mean, look at their team last year. Their team wasn't good last year mm -hmm. and they still put a product on the field that could at least compete weekly, even with Malik Willis out there who right. they like refuse to let throw the ball. So yes, I think his upside is definitely less than a Hawkinson God or anybody like that, but there, he doesn't have to get a lot to end up being tight end nine tight end 10 and he's so young and if he proves it we've seen what people do with young tight ends in dynasty they'll move him up to tight end six or seven because oh hey he's young and he was pretty good so we're gonna put him up above these other guys and that's kind of what we're looking for going into this season into future years if he could just slowly creep up and if you can then move on to him if move off of him if you want to I think this is one of the very interesting teams to watch at the beginning of the year because last year was kind of like Mitch, you're right, Coach Rabel, very good coach, and he just like year in and year out kind of quiets the skeptics. But last year was the kind of first year that there was a little bit of kink in Tennessee's armor between the Henry injury. Now, look, they go into the season, they've got a new offensive coordinator. 
They've they were five new- and two when Tannehill was healthy with trash around him outside of Derrick Henry. Yeah, but th- things seem to like shift though. Like you know, new general manager, new offensive coordinator. Like there's some firings here. Like Vrabel wasn't happy about certain things. I, I think there's still just a lot of question marks, including the quarterback position, including the receiver position. I mean, things could potentially go sideways. Maybe there's not enough touchdowns. I guess is what I'm saying, JB. Like if for some reason. Tennessee sputters at some point Henry the wheels fall off what happens with that team yeah for me I am I'm about one tier lower on Chiggy than consensus I have him right around that tight end 17 mark for dynasty purposes and again like Mitch said could he ultimately end up being in that tight end eight range for 2023 sure and if he does we're going to see that uptick in his price but again If you're in a typical PPR league without any tight end premium, whether it's scoring or you have to start more than one tight end, that you don't really care if somebody's tight end or tight end tight end eight or tight end 20. But let me throw a few trades at you that have actually gone through here over the last few days. Mitch, would you rather, let's say it's two PPR, would you rather Chiggy and a 24 third or Jawan Johnson and a 24 second? I'll take Chiggy. Dan? I think that second could be more attractive. I'll go with the second. I also will go with the Jawan Johnson side. I thought that was a close one. And it is there's, close. Cer- there's certainly no guarantee with Jawan Johnson, but that's somebody that I've been buying into. I know they brought in Foster Moreau. You could talk about the Derek Carr, Foster Moreau con- connection, uh, depending on how things go health-wise for him. You uh, lose Adam Troutman there in New Orleans, but you still have the Swiss Army knife himself, Taysom Hill, to eat up every target that you want uh chiggy or brian robinson two ppr chiggy 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 and a 24 second or debo samuel oh debo debo yeah it's instant so what i found is there are not many deals that are centered around chiggy no uh, but by himself or with a pick so i threw three at you guys for the most part i'm seeing him as part of a larger package And it's been difficult for me because I do have shares of Chiggy. He was one of those guys that uh, post waivers or post rookie draft last year, we talked in the chat, hey, if you're in two PPR, there's 30 to 40% of your leagues, even with the Titan premium, Chiggy's available on waivers. So go put a claim in for him. So I had a decent roster ship. I'm not getting that early second price tag on him. In return, I've had very little luck moving at what it appears his, his market should be. So I, I would think just just continuing to shop him. But then, if you two are in my league, we should be able to get something done, right? I like think. you gave my roster. All right, five hours in, we talked about Chiggy. Let's move on to Greg Dolce. <laughs> how it is right? every time the first per- player is like fifteen minutes, all the rest are three minutes tops. Well, because I I genuinely am so excited to jump on here every week. I really am. I don't know about you guys. Uh, Chiggy, chiggy, chiggy. Can't you see the way you catch balls hypnotized JB? Uh, We'll see. Uh, And we probably just lost every subscriber because of that singing. (laughs) All right. Greg Dulcich. Dan, I'm going to start with you, but let me throw some numbers at you. 1.3 yards per route run in 2022 on 316 routes, 51 targets, 33 receptions, 411 yards, two touchdowns. He ran a route about 84% of the time whenever uh, the quarterback dropped back. 
How do you see things playing out here in 2023 for Greg Dulcich? And we always know and we always say that the short-term impact and, and production heavily weighs on the dynasty value. Yeah, and I had to really do a deep dive because my mind wasn't on Greg Dulcich where it, it, I've got a couple of Chiggy sh- shares. I surprisingly don't have any Greg Dulcich sh- shares. I wish I did. Um, Denver last year, I think, was just a hot mess. But Dulcich, early in the season and late in the season, flashed. He did have a couple of games, where, you know, a few games where he disappeared as well. Um, but in, you know, two PPR leagues, he he produced. And I did that deep dive and I landed at, I'm, I'm buying no different than Chiggy. I have him in that same tier because I remember I liked Dulcich as a sleeper last year, pre and post mock drafts. I had him as a third round rookie and I had him ahead of Chig. I had him right after my boy Jelani Woods in my rankings. And I'm trying not to forget that I liked his college film and he did flash in the NFL last year, just like Chiggy did as, as Mitch mentioned, like we saw it on the football field. He did have some good games. I'm a little more maybe skeptical of his role than Chiggy because Denver's got Judy and Sutton and uh, they draft Marvin Mims. I I mean, you have a new coaching staff coming in there. They says, hey, we'll see about Greg Dulcich. So I'm hoping when camp opens up, we get a little vote of confidence from Coach Payton and we see him taking all those first team reps and making some plays when the pads are on. But um, I'm definitely a buy. Mitch, what are your thoughts? Because, you know, I I think for the most part, people were hyped about Greg Dulcich. Mm But then the like like Dan said, you have the interview and I forget the exact blur because this was a what a month or two ago, but it wasn't a glowing endorsement by the coaching staff. And I think that's kind of what drove down the perceived value here. Yeah, I could definitely see it. For me, it's right now, this time of year, a lot of it has to do with the projections. I hate to keep bringing them up, but I'm just talking about ours. I'm talking about anybody's. The problem is when you go and look at the Denver Broncos offense. You still have Sutton, you have Judy, you have Patrick, you have Hamler. Troutman's going to get work. Uh, Alberto, I was going to try to say his last name. I'm like, no, no, we'll just skip over that. He's still going to get routes. And so, and as everybody knows, I'm not the biggest Russell Wilson fan out there. So for me, I just don't know if there is going to be a price that I'm willing to go out and pay for Dolchich because I do think the people that have him probably do have a higher value than what I do. And so I'm not going to go out and, you know, I'm going to try to acquire from those people because it's going to be pretty hard to acquire from them, in my opinion, for, for the price that I'm looking to get him at. So for me, I'm, I'm, it's not like I'm out on him because I don't like the player. It's I'm out on him at any value I could probably get him at. What's intriguing to me here, we talk about Chiggy. Mm-hmm. And despite the the size and the athleticism overall with the, the size rolled into that and the offensive concerns in general, you look at him and his route participation was low. Okay. And then he ran out of the slot 35% of the time. Is Kyle Phillips really going to make a dent there? I don't know. Greg Dolcich, he ranked fifth in route participation for tight ends in 2022. So it's kind of like, if you go look at a lot of the conversations on Twitter um, with George Pickens, like he was on the field. He just wasn't demanding the, the ball. All right. Greg Dulcich. He's kind of the tight end equivalent of that. He was on the field, his route participation. It can only get so high and his, his uh, target rate, whenever he was on the field, 
I don't know how it can eclipse that 17, 18% mark. I'm not talking about overall target share. I'm talking about when he's targeted on a per route run basis. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know how it gets there. Talking about the projections, you put Judy around 20, Cortland Sutton around 20. Those are two guys I flip-flopped, Mitch. Yeah, I know. I don't know why. We'll talk about it. I love Sutton. I love Sutton. Anyway, anyway, now is not about the mm, wide receivers. Yeah, even Dan would agree with that one. Hold on, hold on. Crazy talk. But but like I said, the, the raw participation, it was there. And the only thing really that I think could put a positive spin, we don't know Javante Williams' timeline, right? Mm-hmm. And Samaj P. Ryan, I think he's going to, he's somebody that you should be looking to get thrown into deals. So because we often see the, the tight end overall target share and the running back overall target share, we see that distribution tie into each other. So if Javante Williams is banged up, if he's not healthy, if he's on the field, but not demanding the targets that he was uh, in 2022 and previously, then that is a positive for the tight end room. But then you have coach Payton coming in. They trade for Adam Troutman. You know, I know it's it's Adam Troutman, not exactly sexy, but you can tell yourself that narrative and that story. Dan, don't sit there, shake your head. I saw that. He's in he's there like, to block. He's he's bringing in the New Orleans system. Him and Marquise Calloway's on the depth chart there. I, no, I think no. they're guys to help teach the system versus Denton into Dulcich. I'm more worried about Judy Sutton, Patrick, Marvin Mims, uh, the way they run the offense. For context right now, and I, this is more me because I tinkered with it, we have an 8% combined target share between Troutman and Albert O. So let's add context to that. I'm not saying Adam Troutman's coming in and taking over this role, but I, I do think we are going to see a hit in the route participation from Greg Dulcich from that 85%, maybe down to about 70, 75%. All right. Um, and we don't know what this offense is going to, and the coaching staff's going to think about Albert O. He was somebody that, that you know what? Two years ago, he was, was chiggy. <laughs> he was chiggy. He was chiggy before chiggy was chiggy. Yeah. The yards per route run, the extreme efficiency on limited opportunities, no offense out. Alberto is going to step in. Austin Hooper's out. Not that Austin Hooper was really doing all that much, but he was taking snaps. And now it's chiggy's time. So Alberto was chiggy before chiggy was chiggy. And this is a new coach. This is a new coaching staff. They have no skin in the game with any of these. They didn't draft any of these tight ends. You know, so it, it, it's prove it. You know, uh, Greg Dulcich isn't a big guy either. He's like 245 pounds on that six six four frame. He's a, he's a little bit lean. So is he going to do what, what Coach Payton's asking him to do? We'll, we'll find out. But I think he has the best chance. You know, I'm not really scared off about Russ Wilson in this conversation, Mitch, because the comparison is Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. Like so, if you're really comparing quarterbacks, I don't know. You know, where do you either one of them? Russ both has of them to like make three fantasy wide receivers tight ends Tennessee might not even have one like we have to have like half of one show up there and he'll be okay touche so you you guys know I went out and I bought myself a really nice pair of running shoes because I'm gonna be well I I I really didn't I'm I'm setting up the joke here so give me a second I'll get there bummer Mitch (laughs) but I bought these these made up running shoes because I'm gonna have so many freaking victory laps Oh, when Russ is dropping bombs, all right? 
Bombs. One thing I'm not worried about. No, I actually sent down a picture of shoes that I bought over the weekend. Well, now I just feel like a big lard over here making a joke about running shoes. And Mitch is like, oh, me too. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I, I didn't. Just wanted to make a terrible joke. Okay. Dan, let's start with you. And then we're going to go to Mitch for all of these. Two PPR, Greg Dulcich and Traylon Burks or T. Higgins? Dulcich and Burks. Higgins. Higgins. Dulcich and Spears or David and Joku? Dulcich and Spears. Yeah, I'll take Dulcich and Spears. Yeah, me too. I thought that was an easy one. I thought it was interesting, but Dulcich or David Montgomery, two PPR. Wait, repeat that one again. Dulcich for David Montgomery. I'll go with Dulcich. 2.0, I'll go with Dolchich. But like I don't want to. My my tight end room would have to be pretty terrible for me to do it. I actually out of the three, I thought that was the closest to what yeah. value should be. All right. So I I probably given my tight end rooms for the most part, like I have a lot that are built around the those mid-tier guys. Like Trey I have four McBride. or five of them. What was that? Trey McBride. A lot of Trey McBride. Yep, Don't you yep. worry, baby. He's in this group too. Dion, the chicky Dulcich group. DeAndre's out. Trey's in. All right. <laughs> but I thought that one for, for reference yeah, was the closest to my value. The other two I thought were fairly easy. All right. Before you, before you shift gears, John, I know Mitch just brought up McBride. My, my last tight end notes, like the two guys that our listeners that were asking about were Chiggy and Dulcich. But I have those two in a group with Jelani Woods and McBride. I think those four guys are like a tier to me almost where they're young, they're talented, they have potential, but they have a lot to prove this year. And all four of them have opportunities in their offense. So I think they're four guys to really watch and see if you can get them on your dynasty rosters. Jelani Woods. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I was just John still the- scrolling on that one. <laughs> No, no, I was just over at our Indianapolis projections, just taking a look at our first run through here. But uh, anyway, Najee Harris. Mitch, do I even want to get your opinion? Or you have do. You... Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so here is my new take on Najee Harris. I haven't heard this from another soul. To me, he is Ezekiel Elliott now. So what Ezekiel Elliott was at age 25 is what Najee Harris is now at age 25. I see him the same once Zeke lost his speed to break away from tackles, Najee's never had that, right? But as far as how they're going to be used in that offense, I think it's going to be used a lot in the same way. So if you look at Najee and you're like, I can deal with this price point if I could get another three years just like what Zeke had. And I think that's really attainable for Najee Harris. And so for me, I'm more willing to buy now than I ever was previously once I started really thinking about it. Because improved O-line, that offense should just be better by picking Pickett having one more year. You give him two or three more touchdown opportunities, all of a sudden we're seeing a different two for Najee Harris compared to last year. And you have to remember, I mean, the efficiency metrics were horrendous. So when mm-hmm. I kicked off the show, I said there's going to be several guys we're going to talk about tonight where they were uber efficient, didn't get the most volume, then guys that got a lot of volume and weren't extremely efficient. Najee Harris is there. He is a very volume-dependent back. It is Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Can Jalen Warren withstand uh, enough of the punishment there to take a bulk of the work? I don't think so. But is a 70-30-60-40 split in the cards? I think so. But like Mitch said, 
I do believe we see a little bit more efficiency from Najee Harris. And as long as we still get not so much the involvement in the passing game from two years ago, because I think that ship has sailed, mm -hmm. but just a little bit more than last year. And you got to remember, he played with that plate for how many weeks last year? And I don't have the splits between the before and after, but I would be interested to see that. Maybe I'll, I'll dig that up here after the show. But for Najee Harris, for me, running back 12, I really see him as neutral in terms of a buy or sell. So if I have him, if, if I don't have him, either way, I'm testing the market. I'm seeing what league mates are willing to pay or maybe willing to move off of him because they're seeing all these efficiency metrics. And I see the comment from Jay. Najee looked uh, indecisive last year. I, I, yeah, you can, there was the comment that he was a plotter. Uh, he was, he was a little elusive, not really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But again, you look at the, the production, you look at the age, you look at the profile um, Ezekiel Elliott. That's the profile. No, Don't hate it, on it, Dan. Uh, well, a, a far lesser prime, you know, when he was in his, it was prime. Yeah. We're not Ezekiel. counting age 22, 23. <laughs> we're, we're sticking with 25 here. I, I think it's different though. I, I think Najee is the perfect example of a player that was Delta band hand. And he's gotten all these stereotypes and labels where if you really just look at zoom out, like zoom out and look at the bad quarterback play he had, the battle line play he had, the injuries he had. I mean, Barry Sanders isn't going to find many running lanes in that. Now, all of a sudden, this Did team we just is... get a Barry Sanders and Najee Harris comparison on Dynasty there, You know, there's, there's no holes to run. There's no holes to run. You know, there, there's no lanes. But all of a sudden, last year, especially towards the end, Pickett started evolving a little bit, you know, getting a little more maturity. The O-line started to gel a little bit more. Najee started getting healthy, and he started flashing again. And now you have this offseason where we expect Pickett and that passing offense to take the next jump to take, you know, pressure off the passing game. The running game's, you know, going to be better through the improved O-line. He's still playing for a contract in a couple of years. Like, we haven't seen his best year. We know that contract year is always a prize one. Um, I, I think you're going to get a few good years out of Najee. So now's the time to buy, buy, buy before it's too late and he does become Ezekiel Elliott, as Mitch is, you know, eventually alluding to. I'm going to start calling Dan in sync. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. bye. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about some uh, rapid fire here. Mitch, let's start with you. Mm -hmm. Najee Harris for Rondale, Tannehill, and a 24 second. That's a trade that went through. <laughs> we'll do Najee on that one. This is why I'm saying test the waters. I get it. I get it. I get it. Dan? Najee. Najee. Uh, Greg says Najee is a slower Walter Payton. <laughs> currently. <laughs> uh, currently. Uh, Mitch, Najee Harris or DeAndre Swift, Paris Campbell, and Noah Fant? Najee. Najee. That one is far closer for me. I still rather it. I don't believe in enough of those guys to sway me. Yeah, See? yeah. The the secondary pieces. I what if what if those guys were switched to a 24 second? Najee. Still Najee. Getting closer. Really? Okay. Okay. Uh Najee Harris or a 24 first? Najee. We know what that first is good projecting see, as. But, but see, that's the thing. Like, if you're trading for Najee, you have to assume it's a that, competing that, team, in my opinion. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so if we're seeing a, a running back for a first swap, you'd like to think it's not going to be 101, 102. You know. Uh, a better chance <laughs> than point. not that it is a play. And that's kind of how I've been in the Discord in every conversation. 
I have been uh, looking at it whenever a 24 first is involved. And it's so easy to say, not just with running backs, but uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a late 24 first. Let's, let's divide it into three buckets. Okay. Do we think there's a better chance that it makes the playoffs? Do we think there's a better chance it doesn't make the playoffs? Is it an absolute dumpster fire? Because even teams on paper that look super stellar, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to be a late. That could easily turn into 109 or 110. Easily. Oh, so yeah. I know we want we want to think every first we're giving away is late, but I think categorizing it into those three buckets, and if you're evaluating your team, and you can easily do that, do that over at dynasty-daddy.com, I, I'm not kidding. I am on that website constantly. I am on there constantly because you can do the power ranks. You can sort it by uh, the, whether it's KTC, Fantasy, Cal, uh, Dynasty Process, but there's all kind of good stuff over there, so go check it out. Um, Najee in a fourth or Cam Akers in a second? Oh, Najee. Najee. It's close, though. What are you... <coughs> What are you doing over there, Dan? Was that a book or what? No. I was an iPad. I made a note, a little, a little reference for me for something I want to do tomorrow <laughs> related to Dynasty. I always get ideas during this show too, you know? I know. The, the whole Dynasty Daddy reference there just was a good reminder. All right. I would go Najee there for the record as well. All right, Christian Kirk coming in wide receiver 37. I said the last uh, Najee was neutral. I had a sell for Chiggy at his current cost. I'm buying Christian Kirk. Yeah. Wide receiver 37. I know Calvin Ridley is there. And I know, you know, he's making plays. And every day of practice, there's things that he can do that no other receiver can do. That's what these beat reporters are out there saying. But Christian Kirk goes from the the lead receiver there for a blossoming offense under Doug Peterson. And now I, I he's certainly underappreciated. Wide receiver 37 after what he did last year. If, you know, does he have a wide receiver one ceiling? Probably not. You know, is he going to be top 12? No. But at his current price, and when we run through some of these trades that have taken place, they really stand out to me. So, Mitch, you're you're nodding your head. You're saying, yes, you're you're in the acquire Christian Kirk at his current cost. Yeah, I I I honestly think people don't like him because of his contract, which is like the stupidest thing in the world because we're not the one paying him. But no, like if I had to pick one right wide receiver in that offense, I'm taking Christian Kirk over Calvin Ridley every day of the week. I've mentioned this back on a pivot point. Calvin Ridley is like a third round pick in underdog best ball right now, which I think is absolutely insane. I don't understand it. Maybe I'm wrong, but this that's just one of those players that I could be like, you know what? I don't agree with consensus. I'll go with Christian Kirk if he's the cheaper guy, and I'll still get 130 targets even if I'm wrong. Let's say Ridley goes out and has 150. Kirk's still going to get 125, 130. He's going to be more than okay if he stays healthy. So, yeah, I think he's a great buy right now. Uh, Kyle says, what did he do when he had another top wide receiver on the team? I I think looking at what Kyler Murray and that offense and the the stability Big there difference. in Arizona to what we're seeing in Jacksonville, I, I genuinely do think that's a difference. Um, so, I, you know, and is Calvin Ridley that, that Hopkins level? And was he utilized the way he should have been used there in Arizona? So no. certainly res- respect the, the, the thought there. Um, still somebody, especially at the wide receiver at 37 price, I'm extremely interested in. Um, 
I think I think JB Christian Kirk's going into that class here in this conversation of those offenses that could support two receivers. Like if they can't, we've got a bigger problem here in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, where you know, right now he's a top 10 dynasty quarterback there. And and, and probably, you know, you could argue where he is in those rankings, but he's one of those guys you want to have, and that, that offense should only continue to grow and get better every year. Um, Ridley comes in. You know, I like Mitch's point of value. You know, if you get Kirk later in, in any kind of draft, but I'm sure Dynasty is the same as best ball. Ridley's all the talk, you know, guys. And if you could get Kirk a few rounds later, I think there's enough in that offense to support him. And, and then the whole Kyler Murray thing, I, I think, Mitch, we were – Kyler Murray so bad we were comparing him to Trey Lance. I mean, that, that's how that's out we were kind of – we we were fortune tellers. We, we knew this were day we was wrong? coming. Were we wrong? Because the next year yeah, when Arizona drafts a quarterback with the first round and, and Kyler's, you know, yeah. out of town, it's it's coming, boys. It's coming. It is. I think yep. Arizona's finding yeah. their out clause on Kyler Murray. One thing real quick, because I completely agree with Wait, you. Dan. No, 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 no. I don't I think more. people just real quick, just go back to Dan's <laughs> original point. This offense has already sustained two wide receivers. Zay Jones had 120 targets last year. I I don't think people understand like how good of a year Zay Jones has. And they had Marvin Jones, who was still a very good third wide receiver on that team. So more than likely, Ridley will go in, get a little bit more work than Jones had. And Jones, sorry, Zay Jones will go in. And then now Zay Jones will be the new Marvin Jones and he'll get a little bit less. But I think that offense will be completely fine uh, feeding multiple fantasy wide receivers. So we don't think, I'm still caught up on this. We don't think that, let's say the Cardinals draft Caleb Williams. Kyler's yeah. starting somewhere else. Sure, and is that still necessary? don't want him. Still don't want him. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want those top 12 seasons. I don't want him. My point yeah, is Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray could run, but he couldn't support two receivers, which was the point in the in the, in the chat there, yeah, versus but, but then, Trevor then, Lawrence will support two receivers. But then you go on to say, well, he's in trouble because they're going to draft a quarterback. So yeah. be it. He'll be out. And no Do one you? will give him the money Arizona gave him. Uh, then there, there you heard it. Kyler Murray is going to be bagging groceries once they draft Caleb Williams. <laughs> There'll be no, some fourth team that'll take replaced, a shot at him. Replaceable by that second team. Oh my god! He, he could be the next Tannehill. Hey, Tannehill. It, wait, isn't only... Tannehill kind of maybe Jared Goff? Is Jared Goff now the kind of like the poster child of moving on from a first round draft pick? going and doing something with another team because Christian Kirk was like a fourth rounder. So he wasn't always loved to begin with. You mean Kirk like Cousins? Yeah. Kirk Cousins was a fourth, right? You said Christian Kirk. Oh, did I? <laughs> you know, it happens. That's okay. I just want to Kirk on the mind. All right. Anyway, guys, stop lollygagging here. How do we, oh, it was a good conversation. All right. Dan, let's start with you. We'll, and then we'll go to Mitch Jamison Williams for Christian Kirk and Marquise Brown. You're hesitating here. Oh, Jamison Williams is so polarizing. I have such mixed feelings on him, but if I believe in him or not, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jamison Williams over Kirk and Hollywood together. I, I, I hate Hollywood. I have no desire for Hollywood. He's probably gonna be their number one. I, love it. I, 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 I hate this example, JB. Be John's honest gonna with lose you. his mind. What are we talking about here? Uh, I, there's still that hope. I mean, he was supposed to be the guy in Detroit, and I get that ship's probably sailed. So Kirk's probably Kirk and Hollywood's probably the way to go. I mean, I hate to run the joke into the ground, but going with Jameson, that's a bad bet. Uh, I know. 
It is. It's All right, Mitch, what side are you taking? The right side or Jameson? <laughs> I'll take Kirk and Brown. <laughs> Thank you. You should ask the Lions fan first. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, Christian Kirk or a 24 first? Let's assume late. Man, as much as I just hammered Kirk, I, I, I still don't, I'm not, still not acquiring him. I like those first round picks sound nice, but if it's going to be late, I like next year's draft. I tell you that. Can we get an answer? <laughs> Give me the first. Mitch? Oh, I completely agree. He's wide receiver 35 right now. If I can move wide receiver 35 for a first, I'm doing that in every league. I was just going to say, I, I would I would need something with Kirk if moving the 24 first. I would need to figure something else out just strictly because of the market value. Mm-hmm. And you clearly don't need to spend, in most cases, a 24 first, you know, a liquid asset like that, I'd be far more willing to move uh, another piece. Dan, Christian Kirk in a fourth or Joe Mixon and Odell Beckham? Jeez, what Joe Mixon are we getting there? I'm going to go with Kirk. Kirk as well. <laughs> All right. The hard ones, JB. These are, these are good ones today. You're like locked in on this, this one. All right, Dan Christian Kirk or Romeo Dobbs and Jimmy Garoppolo, 12-team Superflex. I always say go with the quarterback because you need it, but I don't know how much we're going to get. I hope I could give up Garoppolo, but I I would take the Garoppolo side just because I believe most of our leagues, you need those two quarterbacks. I'd like to have three. Kirk. Christian Christian (laughs) Kirk. Uh, Kyle says Mingo or Kirk. I'm going to go Christian Kirk. Same. Kirk. All right. Uh, next one up, and let's speed it up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Debo Samuel, wide receiver, 29 on Fantasy Calc. I, it always seems like in San Fran, there are so many different concerns and narratives that people bring to the table as to why they don't want to go after any of these players. You know, there's too many miles to feed. What's the quarterback situation going to be like? Is that offense going to uh lean on the run even more how much is christian mccaffrey really going to uh put a dent into debo's production so those are all different narratives and things that folks are are you know saying out there so throw your analysis in here with the rapid fire that hasn't been so rapid mitch let's start with you debo or jameson williams debo 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 or 24 first debo 24 first Debo and Hollywood or a 24 first and a second Debo. I'll go Debo and Hollywood. And then uh, like we always say, test the waters Debo or a 24 second and third. <laughs> I'll take the second and third. No, just playing Debo. <laughs> Debo. And then final one, two PPR for tight ends Debo or Najee Harris and David Njoku? Najee and Njoku. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably go the same. I'll take that as well. Really um, quick on Debo, can I just say, just like I love him in best ball this year, which means I still love him in Dynasty because what we didn't see is we didn't really see Christian McCaffrey and him healthy. Think of this offense with Christian McCaffrey getting 80% of those touches, but with Debo being the guy that's spelling him. And the trick plays they could do with both of them on the field, they just couldn't do it last year because of how those pieces worked out with the trade for McCaffrey, how Debo was in and out of the lineup. For me, I absolutely love Debo this year. 
I'm not as high as you there, Mitch. JB, you said he was what receiver 29 in Dynasty Calculator. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, fantasy, so he, fantasy calc. Yep. You know, so around there, I, I would say I'm buying. But if he goes anything higher than that, then I'm I'm selling. Um, I am still concerned with the 49ers quarterback situation to feed Debo, McCaffrey, Ayuk, Kittle, all of them. Oh, <laughs> all of them. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking at him. Uh, wide receiver 29. I, you know, would I move a late 24 first? Um, in that situation, I would probably just look to go another direction. And we don't necessarily need to go out and move our first right now if we don't think the price is right. Mm-hmm. And when we when we talk about that, actually, the last player that we're going to talk about two of the trades are trades I was involved in over the last two days. But before we get there, a lot of folks saying, JB, I can't get anything for Brandon cooks. I got to get him off my roster. I'm rebuilding. I don't want him in, in the uh, DLF discord, which is completely free. So if you don't want to jump in the dynasty theory discord, which is part of the Patreon and you have our undivided attention, Go over to the DLF Discord, but they have a, the trade conversations there. And there's people saying, get a third for Brandon Cooks. No, no. Another, we talk about underappreciated. Brandon Cooks is in that category. And it's, it's not great for my guy Gallup, all right? But Brandon Cooks is going to be a wide receiver three this year for fantasy purposes. And if I can get that plug and play on my team for a third, holy cow. It's... So here's here's I'll the issue. Could, right? though. Yeah. So like if you have a rebuilding team, of course you want to move cooks. I'm on a contending team right now. I don't want to go trade for cooks right now. Like if it's for a third, then of course I will do it. But I think in most likely scenarios, the person's going to want a second or a value around a second, whether it's a young piece or not. For me, I feel like I could go out and find Brandon Cooks, what he's going to do on the football field. I could go find that anytime I want to in a trade. So for me, I don't want to, in June, be like, hey, I want to go invest in Brandon Cooks right now. It's just not a player that I want to buy into. So I, I think that more, maybe the takeaway more is, even if you are rebuilding, you're going to have a market when the season rolls around. Yes. Don't just dump him now. Without and and it, it's extremely difficult to move him. As it is with most veterans, if you're looking to maximize value, it's May 30th. Now, most likely, is not the time to get the return you need. If you're willing to take a third and you just went out on him, I heavily suggest don't not to do that. But if you are so inclined, by all means, go ahead. I disagree. Yeah. I put some feelers off out there this offseason just being a Cowboys Homer fan, and I haven't gotten any shares. Mm. So to the point, like, you just can't get him at that discounted <laughs> price. And other than being a Cowboys Homer, he's – the type of receiver that I don't want to end up just retiring on my roster because I can't move him. Um, so price dependent situationally love to have him. I think he's gonna have a really good season, but nothing beyond that. And I, I think we have folks lining up with you here. Mitch Kyle says, I'd rather take shots on rookie running backs in the early third, like chase Brown. And I like cooks. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. But so here are some trades and this isn't me digging, trying to cherry pick. These are trades that are more centered around Brandon Cooks on one side 
as opposed to a larger package deal. So Dan, I want to start with you. Assume 12 teams, super flex, two PPR for tight ends across the board, okay? Brandon Cooks and Jawan Johnson, the love of my life, Jawan. <laughs> that means he's going to have some type of hernia issue here in a couple <laughs> weeks, I'm sure. Or Donovan Peoples-Jones, Nico Collins, and Chiggy. Cooks and Jawan Johnson. Chiggy's not enough to move either. The rest of the guys are ocean bottom. I really like Nico Collins. I'm going to go with Nico. Ooh, I'm going to take Cooks and Jawan. I know. All right, Dan. Cooks and Mike Williams or DeAndre Hopkins? Cooks and Mike Williams. Yeah, I like that one. Yep. Two for one. They're all old. Brandon Cooks and Darnell Mooney or a highly coveted 2025 second round pick? It's too long for me, JB. You know I can't wait. Give me, give me the players. Same. And then Brandon Cooks or Jamal Williams. I think Cooks. it's a fair trade. To be honest, I think that's really even. If I need a running back and I have to trade Cooks to do it, and I need one for the first six weeks of the season, then I will do that. I will take Brandon Cooks there. All right. Final player to discuss. Timing wise, man. I might pull something, patting myself on the back here, getting through this episode. Travis Etienne coming in at running back nine. That price is dropping. They drafted the tank, Tank Bigsby, in the third round of the NFL draft. A lot of people are concerned with his involvement in the passing game here in 2023. A lot of people are concerned with his goal line usage. A lot of people are concerned with his efficiency, a la going back to the Najee Harris conversation. Dan, Travis Etienne, do you like him at that running back nine price? Get him off your roster, acquire. What do you think? JB, you know, that running back nine price, you're right. It's plummeted. He's he's RB11 for me now. You know, he, he dropped two Ooh. spots maybe, you know. Um, I, I, I'm i buying. I, I love him. Once I can't get my top 10 running backs, he's the guy I'm going after. So I have no issues. I, I think sometimes we get a little too panicky because a lot of these NFL teams, they can support two running backs. You can get a lot of really good produ- production. He is a stud. All Jacksonville saying is we don't want to bury this guy into the ground and get him injured. We need we need to manage him a little bit, but they're still going to be fancy. Him and Trevor Lawrence, man, they're they're, they're boys. They they love each other. He's going to get passing game work. He's going to get big explosive runs. There's enough fantasy production there from ET. He is my running back eleven, but um, I'm I'm in on him. Yeah, for me, uh, I talked about some trades. I'm actively going out in 12-team Superflex where I feel good about my team. I'm packaging up. I'm willing to go up to a 24 first and a 24 second to acquire him. And I know a lot of people might be out on him. And you see people on Twitter saying, avoid him. And here's why you should avoid him or move him. And here's why you should move him with no additional context. Because that people treat context like the plague. They avoid it at all costs. Well, what are you moving him for? Because I don't think some people know. And, uh, you know, uh, one of our patrons, B Ford, Brian, he puts out content. He provided specific trades that he was looking to move Travis Etienne for. That's context. Sorry, a little fired up over here. Uh, But, like, there are concerns, right? But I think part of it is how many bell cows are we really going to have moving forward in 2023 and beyond? The, you look at age, you look at the production, you look at the profile. Coming off of an ACL, he wasn't the most efficient back in 2022. 
but I certainly believe that he's going to be a running back that if if I can move what I believe is going to be a playoff first and a second, yeah, I'm going to take Travis Etienne over maybe, you know, the equivalent of uh, a chain or Charbonnet next year, you know? So I, I don't know, maybe I'm just uh, being stubborn here, but no, that can't be it. I'm never stubborn. I mean, we knew they were bringing someone in. We knew they were. The, this, like, the crazy thing was Etienne got up to what, RB5, RB6? And, like, we knew that was going to come down because people would overreact mm-hmm. and be like, oh, no, they're bringing in someone. It's like, no kidding. They've always wanted someone to help out Etienne. So, for me, I, he is still a huge buy. I wasn't buying him at the RB5, RB6 price because it was too high in the first place. Running back nine now? Yeah, I absolutely love it. I think I love this offense. I think this offense is fun to watch and for me it adds to when i like get a fancy player i want to like enjoy watching the team it's kind of like my biggest i love ramondre right but i hate watching the patriots like have red zone signed up for the youtube did all that this year the amount of patriots games i will watch this year is like probably zero and like i always watch the highlights on ramondre because i just hate that offense but the jags the jags are fun to watch now so for me it just makes that buy even easier. And I know a lot of folks, you know, you, they don't want to move the future draft capital, especially a first uh, for running backs because they, they would prefer to plug and play. They would prefer to go out and use their seconds or uh, structure a deal centered around other assets as opposed to the future picks. And I'm that way in several leagues. You look at a lot of my running back rooms, like these are very specific leagues out of the 80-some that I'm I'm targeting Travis Etienne. But guess what? Several leagues, people weren't interested in moving him for that first and second. Mm-hmm. I got countered. I, I would think about doing it for Chris Olave. Oh, yeah, I bet. You know, so the, the market is still there from a uh, manager's perspective that is holding him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's uh, the, uh, what is the, 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 the endowment effect, right? Is that it? Whenever what you have is more valuable, dude. I got a Utah education. I don't know any of this stuff. <laughs> endowment, Jamie. <clears throat> I'm just uh, right. Isn't that it? Isn't that what you get before you get married? An endowment, something like that. That's an annulment. Um, oh yeah, that. <laughs> that the. <laughs> Uh, it describes how people tend to value items that they own more highly than they would if they did not belong to them. Yes. Um, okay. I just want to make sure I got the name correct. But anyway, um, uh, this doesn't take away from the fact that Tank Bigsby is my mo- one of my most roster rookies. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a, right around 16 to 20% roster ship, which for a lot of people, that's going to be low. But based on the the volume of leagues, it's tough to navigate through certain spots. And and Tank, he's sitting there in that 208 to 212 range. He's a smash for me because he becomes one of the most valuable handcuffs across the NFL, along with players like Zach Charbonnet, along with a Tony Pollard from a few years ago. You know, if anything were to happen to Zeke, they're kind of that new, that new wave, right? Uh, and then Kyle, again, no way I'm moving for a first until I know what the pick is. Um, just handcuffed with Bigsby and Washer. I, again, I get it. I get it. Um, you know, there, there's certainly risk with that. And, you know, it also comes into play where I was having a conversation with one of our patrons and they said in their specific league, 
because they're the way their team is built and the 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 strength of it and what they've been able to do with the managers in the past folks tend to severely devalue the first once the league's the season's rolling and somebody might be four and one or five and oh mm-hmm. and they see how things are going to shape up so it, it is getting out ahead of that a little bit is it it could it backfire from time to time certainly but i think being realistic about your team is, certainly helps and having realistic expectations uh, <laughs> endowments and annulments family law 101 tonight anyway are you guys ready for some etn trades yes sir hit it all right mitch etn or kirk cousins and Devonte parker etn etn like was Devonte parker the piece there that was like i gotta <laughs> get parker this is what i need uh etn or 24 first and 24 second etn etn times two because i made that trade twice etn in the third or deontay johnson and derrick henry hmm i do like deontay i'll go etn etn i will go deontay and derrick henry there and then etn and donovan peoples jones or jameson williams jameson's popping up a lot tonight it's not even about jameson williams or jameson williams and deandre swift Ooh. etn i don't love it no no swift and jameson yeah, yeah. i'm gonna gamble and go swift and jameson yeah. that's a clean that sweep. one's I'm... tough that one's really tough see i didn't think it was I don't... It but here's... gamble but... but here's the thing too though website. i pull these trades i stare at them i look at them i really have time to digest mm-hmm. you guys don't see these no. no and i always clarify i say you don't you have no knowledge of any of these trades being discussed during the rapid fire final thoughts dan for the 205th episode flip or flop hopefully we don't get a cease and desist letter from hgtv oh man that would be bad <laughs> dan what do you got for our listeners hey man we, we said 100 days i'm gonna have a little shameless uh final thought as you get ready to maybe buy a fancy football magazine as your old school like myself remember the pro focus forecast magazine uh my rankings not number one in the the fantasy nation rankings this year but they were fourth fourth so we're starting to get a little bit of a trend here uh so they asked me to write an article and put my rankings in there again so please hold out until the pro for- forecast i can't speak pro forecast magazine comes out there you go dude I that's like how, awesome i, I like love how dan says plug. shameless plug shameless dan, dan is shameless yeah dan has right. no shame <laughs> <laughs> no the only thing i was going to add is you know now it's time find the players that you like for the upcoming season and slowly try to get them some sometimes trades in dynasty we know they could take a long time and it's painful but if there's a player you really like sometimes it just makes it worth it like for me right now i love etn i love chiggy um i'm still willing to go out and get jameson williams on a lot of teams but it just go find the players that you like. It just makes fantasy so much better when you. it's not like, oh, this player has X value. I'm going to go trade for it. Just get players that you like. That's okay, too. It's Keep the okay. fun in it. John completely it's, disagrees with that take. Though. It's not okay, but whatever. No, no. I Listen, it should be fun. Kind of. <laughs> in a way. As I pull out my hair every single uh, Thursday, Sunday monday pretty much every day (laughs) anyway uh hopefully everybody enjoyed tonight's episode a little bit different but certainly uh interesting going through and picking some of the players that were dropped in the discord we always appreciate the uh the the topics that are that are thrown at us 
Next week, we will have a special announcement. Been doing some things behind the scenes, already announced to our patrons, but uh, a little something, something. So next week is going to be fun. If you enjoy the show, check us out. Dynasty Theory FF, Twitter and Instagram. Check out the Patreon. Uh, a lot of extra content. Like I said, we're working through the projections. Uh, Mitch, you better have everything done uh, in the next hour. Uh, really putting you to the test. For Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. Thanks for joining and have a fantastic day.